show. I am your co-host, Julian Lodgen Martinez. And I am Colin J. Harden. And this is a podcast where we break down pilots because we are both aspiring writers and we believe that the pilot episode is the most important episode in TV. So we are going to break them down, overanalyze them, share a little bit about ourselves and our nerddom as you join two Black Americans on our journey through writing. We are aspiring writers and we really want to learn how to do this. It is a very difficult journey. You have to watch, you have to analyze, you have to read these scripts, you have to break them down, you have to take notes, and then of course you have to write something. That's that's the hardest part. <laughs> <laughs> that is the hardest part. And uh, as as much fun as we have watching the TV, it's the writing part that we <laughs> that we are getting <laughs> that we are finding ourselves to be uh uh avoidant of. But it seems to be a theme. I was watching this um this TikTok with Neil Gaiman, and he was saying the same thing about how he has to try to hi- hijack his mind in terms of like trying to sit down and write. Yeah, yeah. I was watching. Oh no, I was in, when I was in Austin. I sat. I went to a workshop with Nick Pizzolatto, true detective guy, and he was like, he was like, "How much do you hate the worst thing in your life?" And somebody, it was like somebody on the crew, true detective, and he was like, "I hate writing that much more." Like, like the act of writing for a lot of time or a lot of writers is just not enjoyable. Um, I, 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 it's hard for me to even consider myself a writer, so to speak, right yet. But as somebody who sits down and types away at stories that, you know, are made up, um, it's like, oh my God, sometimes it can just be really, really tough and really, really laborious and just not that fun until you have those great ideas. Like, that's the fun part, you know? Um, right. Right, 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 and 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 you've had you have a you've had like a few great ideas, and a few of those great ideas have turned into actual scripts. So I would say that you're a writer, Colin. I guess, I guess, I guess it's hard. It's hard to say. I mean, you know, like we said, I think one of those one. Of, I think that may have been the first episode where you're like. I was like, I think I was talking about you. I was like, yeah, Elijah's he's a great actor. He's he's very well trained, blah blah blah. And I uh I do music, I do audio, I I'm I'm just trying to figure it all out. <laughs> like multi hyphenate, whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. Um but anyway, yeah. Yeah, but and you jump, know who else yeah. is trying to figure things out? Pretty much everybody. In no in especially in our oh. show, sex <laughs> <Otis>. education. <laughs> a little Otis. Little old everybody actually everybody in that show yeah, is trying to figure yeah, it out. Everybody in that show, you like that? You like that transition? Like Apparently, you can't say segue anymore because segue is not actually the word. Segue is just the thing. Segue. Okay. All right. Well. <laughs> anyway, transition. Whatever it is. Anyway, so that transition. We so we're doing we're doing sex education, uh, which goes into their their final season this year. Okay. And uh, Colin, I got a question for you. Um, what is your do you have any relationship to this show i had i had no relationship to this show other than knowing of its existence and i know like producer courtney shout out to producer courtney hopefully you're listening she's uh one of my classmates and she loved the show and she would talk about it sometimes in class and then um because i knew she's a very big uh x-files fan so you know you know gillian Jillian, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Anyway, she she's uh you know she, that I think that's where her fandom came from. At least probably what drew her to the show, uh-huh. and she suggested this to us. So that was that's kind of my relationship to it. I had nothing. I knew nothing going in about the premise, 
nothing. <laughs> that's a, I think that's a great place to to kind of go into it. I remember I watched it back when it first premiered in uh, 2019, and um, I walked into it similar without with having like no real understanding of the premise, nor like any relationship to any of the the actors or the people. I mean, most of the people on this show are are newer actors. Like this was their big kind of break um so i kind of went in blind but i it was also kind of wrapped up in that time when like big mouth was also kind of dropping and pretty big so these like these like teenage sex comedy dramedy things that were happening on netflix that were vaguely nostalgic but also a little like uh a little uh uh uh, subversive um were all kind of like dropping at the same time so i was like i was getting into into that it felt very much like oh this is something new this is something exciting they're talking about sexuality they're talking about gender in a in a very kind of like uh special kind of way and um i think like watching back now it feels very much it feels a little uh it feels a little of its time Really? It, it yeah, I don't know. I don't necessarily know how well it's aged. That's interesting because I mean, for me, I I was the first thing, and and of course we're gonna get into, we're gonna go deep into this part of what I'm saying. But the first thing that kind of hit me was I didn't know, and again, I don't want to go off on a tangent yet, quite yet. But what what period this show is in? Mm-hmm. I could not tell. That was the first thing that kind of threw me off. And um, yeah. I want to, when we get to it, we'll talk about the cold open and how that kind of threw me. But um, that was the, that was like the main thing. So I think because of its, uh, the way that it's produced, the, 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 the wardrobes, like even like the, the, the vehicles, the bicycles, the helmets, right, like right. the color scheme kind of suggests a, a place out of time and maybe yeah, in yeah. A, almost in a different universe, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that was that helped me feel like it could be in any time or any place so it didn't feel like of its time to me it felt like it could be modern or it could be a period piece right and i think that it it it, it's pretty striking it they reference uh as you like it in this in one of the scenes and i think that's a great comp because as you in the play as you like it it is set in this kind of fictional uh uh magical forest okay and this town that they're in in sex education is essentially in this kind of it feels very much in this kind of like magical forest yeah. kind of place oh, um and so i do think i do agree with you that it, it does feel out of time it does feel like it could be vaguely anywhere between 2006 and 2023 and i think that's really purposeful and really kind of focused but um it's also tough. I mean, like we were having this conversation with the expanse. It's like it's it's hard in 2023 to like watch something out of completely out of context. I mean, like if I'm if I'm watching this in, in 2023 and I'm and I'm watching these these characters kind of like go and deal with especially issues of gender, especially issues of sexuality, um, I have to look at it through the gaze of like me being me being where I am in in the time period that I am. So I don't know how how effective it is to try to tell a story that is, quote unquote, timeless. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. I didn't think about it quite like that, but that does make sense. Um, especially like you said, like like we were saying, it, it feels like it's out of time. 
And and you you named sorry. <laughs> and you named 20 you named 2006 to 2023. I was going all the way back to 1970 in my mind. Oh wow. Just wow. because of the color scheme, the right. the the uh the set decoration and all of that. So right. like in my mind I like can't Again, I don't. I don't want to jump in yet. So I want to start. I want to start with the log lines if we can get that going, you know, yeah, and kind of yeah, go into good. like explaining to the people what the show's about so before yeah. I start going <laughs> in on what I saw. <laughs> yeah, uh, 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 listeners, uh, listeners, we are we are trying to be more uh, desperately, desperately, desperately. Uh, uh, but as you can tell, like it, we we tend to like latch onto something and then and then flow with that yeah uh all right so let's let's bang out this log line go ahead we got go ahead. Exer- we got a little exercise with this so okay. we're gonna we're gonna role play for a second <laughs> and we're gonna role play as if colin's gonna be a, i'm ted a- sarandos i'm ted sarandos <laughs> and you found me you, you just saw me um walk in the streets and i was just so gracious to listen to you to your pitch <laughs> and i'm going to attempt to pitch this show uh and because this is our first time trying to do this uh i really just have a log line so i that's I fine to, I, yeah that's that's fine young elijah i would love to hear your log line all right hey ted ted i got this oh man I, I, let me tell you about this this amazing show this amazing i idea. need an amazing show that's great i'm glad that you i'm glad i met you i need a great amazing show all right check this out right it's 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 about this kid named otis and he's a, he's an awkward, you know, sex averse teenager. But the thing is, is that he's going to discover that he's actually a savant sex therapist when he actually helps the school's bully deal with his impotency. Yeah? I think that's a great idea for an episode of TV. <laughs> I think that's no. So actually, actually, I had a lot of I had a lot of trouble um, figuring out a logline for the show because. As we're gonna, as I guess, as we talk about this, it's there are a lot of different. The, this pilot is trying to like create a lot of different uh, narratives and a lot of different mm-hmm. threads that they can then pull from as the season kind of continues. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it was hard for me to like figure out. Okay, what is the thrust of the pilot? What is the focus of the pilot? Because the promise of the show doesn't really happen until the very last like you know, five minutes of the, of the I mean, I, I would, I, I, I would, I see, I see what you're saying. I'm going to disagree with you just a little bit. I think, right. I think that the, there's a lot of, I think the promise starts off at the very beginning parts of the promise, not, not the promise of like the narrative, the narrative thrust that I think you're referring to, but just right. some of the elements that you know, you're going to see in this show. Like, okay. like in the opening, we got, I, listen, this is where, where, we're, where we're at when we're talking about the uh, the promise. We're getting gratuitous. Nu- I don't want to say gratuitous. We're getting nudity, and we're getting yes. it. We're getting it up front in your face, and we're not afraid of it. Okay. Right. These kids are having sex. It's called sex education, right? That's what we're right. getting. We're getting sex. We're getting. Um, we're we're getting a like a, a really kind of interesting, fresh take on like a really not tropey but a really traditional coming of age high yeah. school drama you know 
um, and everything that comes along with that. And it, and it even starts with the, the way that Eric Otis's best friend kind of introduces us to the world, you know? Right. Um, at, which is something that you see in like Mean Girls, something that you see in like, you know, right. all your John Hughes movies, like all these kind of things. So there's 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 so many things that before we even get to that that super strong call to action that I think you're referring to, that exactly. can get you, that can hook you before you get hooked by what our main character's charge is. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, and that is, and therein lies where I'm having where I, I challenge uh, the structure of the pilot. Because what I would say is that, like, the, yes, I agree with you. There are a lot of things in this pilot that are designed to hook you. Um, but I think they are designed to hook you outside of plot and story and are designed to hook you in, in other kind of ways. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Whether or not that be nostalgia, yeah. whether or not that be um, sex, uh, even though I do, I say that with a caveat that I do think, like especially in the cold open, I do think that the sex is very purposeful and not gratuitous because mm-hmm, it's, it 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 reflects you know relationship and it reflects character. It's used for characterization. Yes. Um, however, I think there are just even the comedy of it all is all designed to kind of like grab your attention, um, but we but it isn't. It isn't in service of like, okay, this is how we are. This is the story we're going to tell and the journey that we're going to go on until we get to that really strong call to action that doesn't yeah. happen until way, way at towards the end of the pilot. I, I agree. I agree with that. It was a lot of like, it, it felt like, um, it felt like a giant first act, <laughs> like yes. a long, a long yes. ass first act, but it was yes. fun. It was fun. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You yeah. know, it's fun to be in there. There were all a lot of great scenes, and but it, it did feel like one big giant in a way. I know some people, some screenwriters are going to be like, no, the first act was here. Okay, I got, I get it. But what I'm saying is like, in your first act is where you're like, you're really, really kind of doing the set dressing. You're building out yes. the world. You're, you're introducing the characters. And then uh, you, they did have a story in there. And, and in, a, in a way, in a lot of ways, it was Adam. Adam's was like the main story yeah. in, in a lot yeah. of ways, even yeah. though he's not the main character. And, right. and Otis was a, the clear protagonist, but right. Adam's story was the strongest, you know, the strongest right. and most right. plot, plot heavy and and all that. Um, right. So so that w- you're right. The structure. And I don't know if that's the, the Brits being the Brits mm-hmm. and doing their thing, which is because mm-hmm. when we, we watch things from their lens, it's it's a different. Feel. It's a little. Yeah, it's a little different. It, you know, and this is I'm, I'm limited in my views in my view. So I'm just going to let everyone know, like take what I'm saying with the, with a grain of salt, but like, you know what I mean? You look at this, you look at Luther, you look at other uh, British TV shows and, and they really do feel like miniseries. They really do feel like, you know, eight hour movies, you know? And it's also like, like Netflix was also kind of doing a lot of this where it was like, these weren't TV in the sense of like TV, TV, this isn't Abbott elementary, you know, this isn't really even the expanse. Like, it's like it's basically eight hour it's basically an eight hour movie and so it would make sense that like this episode these these like 50 minutes if this was like a a john hughes movie this would be the first 10 minutes Mm -hmm. of a john hughes movie you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and that's why for me like when i say it felt dated is like i remember being so excited watching this way way back in 2019 but now i'm watching this now and i'm like 
it the pilot is a bit of a slog because there's just so much um like just exposition and throat clearing and world building you know what i mean because we all know like okay we're trying to get to the fact that like otis is gonna be a sex therapist for these kids right so we're all trying to get to that point and we're doing so much kind of like running around in the forest (laughs) so to speak before we actually get to the it's like it's like in lord of the rings basically we're spending a solid hour of us just like fucking around with some hobbits getting high and like (laughs) hanging out of the shire before we actually you know before frodo actually takes that damn ring and starts walking down the the fucking path you know if that makes sense. yeah i i i agree with everything you're saying i just disagree with the feeling that i got watching it i i actually didn't i didn't mind i didn't mind that i didn't mind that i i because i just enjoyed the i enjoyed the journey getting to that and it made the it did make the because there there is a time there is a feeling I think especially when you're watching shows from a different culture so you know whatever you want to call them, um or a different country where you're like waiting for it to hit you in the times where your normal American TV show does and it's just not doing yeah. that and so yeah. like whenever you're not getting that satisfaction you're like it doesn't feel right and you kind of get right. frustrated. So I think I did feel a little bit of that, but I think it was still very, very satisfying to find out what Otis's real charge was going to be because I, I, I really didn't know. I did, you know, I read ahead of the show, but again, I had no relationship to this, so I hadn't seen anything. Right. So right, it right. did feel satisfying for him to be like, I'm in, you know, and, and uh, it, it felt satisfying for me. I knew it was going to happen. It just was satisfying where they placed it because it was just different. So for me, sometimes I kind of like if you kind of take the form and, and shift it a little bit, you know, uh-huh. shift it a little differently. So for me, I, I didn't, I didn't really mind that I did. Um, but, but if we can go back the, the cold open, can I, I just want to talk a little bit about that cold open yeah, because yeah, let's, let's it, it, it. it was great in so many ways and it, it threw me off in others. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and honestly, shout out to, the director, um, because visually in the in the DP, because visually this was a very fascinating piece of TV to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, well, the you, the director is Ben Taylor, uh, yep. uh, which is pretty awesome. And then the D, the DP is um, uh, Johnny Carney. Yes. Jamie yes. Carney. Ja- Jamie. 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 Yeah, yeah, I got I got them written down in my notes as well because those were. Um, I'm, you know, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to the segment anyway. Uh, <laughs> but the shot, the shot that, that they had was like showing, you know, the family, the unaware family mm-hmm. on the bottom floor. And, but it looked like the seventies, the mom's hair or the eighties, the mom's hair, right. the, what the mom was wearing, like nothing was contemporary not in, or modern in that house whatsoever. The mm-hmm. co- it was like a, it was like a mustard mustard yellow type of i think color scheme going on so i'm like okay we're in the 80s and then we see this guy he's having sex girlfriend's on top and and they're going to town and he's like literally in the clouds as as it's happening Uh so i'm i'm waiting to hear their name this is this is me i'm just i'm kind of like listening and trying to figure out where we're at i'm so confused i'm like are we in the 80s is this is this a flashback because i thought this show was supposed to be in in modern times or contemporary right. times and then they named the name adam and then 
uh, the scene goes through, like, we can talk about what happens in the scene, but I'm just talking about, like, how it hit me. And then once the cold open is over, I'm like, okay, they didn't say it was a flashback. Now we're now we're in Otis's house, and right. is that Otis's dad? <laughs> like, is that <laughs> is that his grandfather? I'm right. I'm literally that's how I'm thinking because I'm I'm just really confused about what time period we're in. Then right. Otis seems like he's in the same time because of the color scheme I'm seeing, because right. of the the way that they're they're interacting and the things that they're interacting with. So I'm I'm just really confused by that until I see Adam again at school. Right. When I see right. when I see Adam at school, I'm like, oh shit. So that wasn't a flash. It wasn't right, a flashback because right. I was right. waiting for that. So I don't. Again, I don't know if it's uh, the Brits being the Brits or in doing their thing a little differently. No. Well, I think I watched. I watched ahead to the next episode, and I think it, what that cold open does is like it presents. It, it's similar to a procedural in the sense of like it presents what the what the problem of the week is going to be. You know what I mean? So Adam. Adam's impotency then becomes the the major thrust of the of the show of this episode, um, where the next code open you're going to see something similar, and the next code open you're going to see something similar, and the next code open you're going to see something similar. Right. So, like problem you know, of the week type of thing. Yeah, and so that's what I well, that's what I really find this show to be kind of fascinating is that it's it's bridging like a an interesting kind of divide where like all right, so we do the they do the procedural, but instead of like everything wrapping up at the end it's still there's still a lot of forward momentum with yeah. character relationship and an overarching story mm-hmm. uh, that it's like it it becomes uh both episodic and also serialized at yeah. the kind of the same time yeah um, yeah yeah that was really cool i thought i was thinking the same thing because the the uh the problem again they they do something really weird where they introduce uh, I'm not gonna say a side character, but a, an important character, but that who is not the protagonist of the show, and they give him the 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 strongest storyline. Then we have then the the main character Otis has to basically help guide this this guy Adam down the path of of you know self realization, and then at the end it turns and twists and doesn't give him everything he wants so we're kind of back to square one like you said so he he achieved his goal adam he achieved his goal but uh not the way he thought so that again thrusts us narratively plot wise into the next episode and almost resets us because you know he adam is still eric's bully at the end he still has the same problem that he had before yeah he he was able to perform with his girlfriend but his girlfriend's no longer his girlfriend anymore and what's his journey going to be now and then at the very same time otis gets this confidence he's kind of feeling mave he he thinks you know he's he's just a little confused about the relationship between he and mave because mave is popular ish is he he, maybe maybe is is she popular it's kind of like more like he thinks she's popular he like puts her on a pedestal and then they kind of the the world sees her differently. They don't really mess with that. Right. Well, Eric Eric's got that great uh, line about Maeve in particular. He says, um, "You know, she's she's better than popular. She's cool." And gotcha. Um, yeah. And therein lies we like we we start to see also just in general like and you mentioned this in, in when we first started talking about this. The show is the show is very much playing with the tropes of a teenage comedy. 
Um, and so the only one I can really, really equate to pretty closely is the Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. So you know, Maeve is like Maeve falls that like kind of she's the freak, you know, character, and then you have. You know what I mean? You have the you have the jocks through Jackson. You have the nerds. You have the you know what I mean? It's, you know it's so you have the untouchable, the popular people. So there there's all of these like really strong uh, tropes that we immediately kind of know and understand because of all of our relationships to these teenage comedies, just in general. Um, and what what then becomes fascinating is then how do they take those tropes and then how do they turn them on their heads? Mm-hmm. And one of the big ones happens within this cold open, which is like this person, this bully is who is essentially is, is one thing in our minds and one understanding of him in our minds with this hyper-masculine kind of character can't get it up. You know what I mean? Can't, right. can't have an orgasm with his girlfriend. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, this and the girlfriend, as we find out later, is an incredibly pop- part of the incredibly popular group, but she also has her own insecurities. And you know what I mean? Like, right. so it's it, what's what's that's what's really kind of um, uh, fascinating about this. Even Eric's like sassy, you know, gay best friend, which is a which should be a, which is a trope on its on the surface. We ended up finding a lot about Eric as the as, as the pilot kind of goes on that actually Eric is just as nerdy as otis eric yeah you know he, eric thinks that he, he's a uh, uh, fashionable but he's really not he misses buttons like you know what i mean like right. so all of these there are just so many moments in the sh- in the pilot where we are thinking that we're going to get one trope and then all of a sudden it does something that we're really kind of tears the the floor underneath us yeah and i think that's that's kind of like what you have to talk about when you talk about this show i think in a lot of other episodes we talk about plot and story and and like characters journeys more so and this is not really it's not really about that this pilot it's not really about it's it's of course it's about journeys but it's it's really about like how are they subverting what we understand about these tropes how are they building out the world how are they how how these 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 characters how are they really building out these characters yeah um those that's like the most important thing it seems like more, more so than plot than than in in my estimation and i think it's because of what you yeah. said like there is a he doesn't get his charge his real call to action and his real like kind of narrative charge for the show until the very very end so yeah. it's kind of signaling to you that that's going to be the overarching. That's what we're, we're going to be watching for four seasons. We're going to be watching Otis do his thing, but within it, we're going to find like the, even even like you were saying, like uh, we've got uh, Adam's girlfriend who is a popular kid. She's like a newly dubbed popular kid, but she hangs out with Maeve in secret. Yeah. You know, in the yeah, place yeah. where where the headmaster. And I love how they how they set up that there's this like one place that you nobody goes because it has asbestos. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. just to kind of create like this like secret clubhouse for all the the bad kids to go to, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he yeah. sets it up really early. Yeah, it's like it's like the Goonies, you know what I mean? And and um, there's just there's like you know the thing in Stranger Things, like there's so many like just like little like the nostalgia of this show is is so kind of palpable, especially for me, you know, having grown up on teenage comedies. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she and she, uh, she 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 goes in there and she smokes with Maeve because she she's a cigarette smoker, but she can't. It's like 
when have you seen when have you quite seen that dynamic where it's like she's in the popular crew but she still wants to hang out with the freaks like and then right, come right, back right. she she has like a she almost has a little double life storyline there right. within the pilot and it's small but it's in right. there just la- leaving a narrative thread for her to latch onto right that. right which is that's the thing i think that's the thing and i you i think you said it yourself is like that's the that is what this pilot is trying to do it's not yes. trying to sell us on the on the plot it's trying to sell mm-hmm. us on the people yeah you know and so we're, we're we sit there and everybody like from like jackson the head boy getting those like really just two scenes which you could totally cut out of this you know what i mean and to have like kind of a tighter narrative however it becomes important later on in the season so that's why you need those two scenes with jackson yeah three scenes with jackson you know um all that stuff with Adam. I mean, like Adam still carries a lot of that stuff that he finishes off with at the end of the season into the next episode, you know? Um, even Eric with the makeup, mm-hmm. that, Great. Becomes very, that becomes very important with his father later on down the road, you know? So like, yeah. there's so many little tiny things, you know, like uh, Otis, is, uh, Otis and his mother and like the conflict they have is going to continue. Like there's so many little tiny things within the pilot that will then get pulled. Like those threads will then get pulled as the season kind of continues and follows. Yeah, this this is like to me, it's like a masterclass in character development more than anything. Like yeah. straight up masterclass in character development. And how to, how do you build out characters and let people know through very very small not even scenes little moments within scenes to let you know who these characters are like when for example Maeve she's she's going to the asbestos bathroom right she she's sitting on the asbestos toilet and she gets somebody slips her or some money for her to you know to do do their homework presumably like we're that's what we're thinking it is kind of the old thing we don't who would have thought Maeve, first of all, who would have thought Maeve is the person, the nerd, who's doing people's homework for money, right? We're not, right. we didn't realize. But what a uh, thing that happens right after that moment to let us know that she's super smart or she's, you know, distinguishing in terms of uh, her grammar is she sees somebody say like, what, Maeve's a cockbiter? Uh-huh. <laughs> and she puts an apostrophe between yes. the E and the S. <laughs> like... Which was that was just a great moment. It's like a funny yeah. joke. Like even you know she can't even she can't even look at somebody writing some bullshit about her without correcting their grammar. Without correcting that, right? Right. You know what I mean? Well, that, she has that line where she like I think she quote the her and Otis quote Nietzsche together, uh, which then shows like not only um, are not only is she super smart, but also her and Otis actually are frequently on the same wavelength i mean i love that like getting into like character uh uh character built like character building i love that scene with her and otis um when they're like they're they're in bio class and they have to like try to like Mm -hmm. uh, you know do feel do some silly ass like sex education thing um but we see where the two of them are inept and how each one of them like helps the other one out and mm-hmm. we realize, like, oh wow, they're actually really great partners together, even though yeah. they don't realize it, you know. So Otis, Otis's big thing is that like he can't touch his genitalia. So when he's given like a plastic genitalia thing to put a condom on, he he's having a hard time with it. And Maeve sticks a condom on, right? But then Maeve, 
Maeve is like trying to figure out the female anatomy and she doesn't really quite understand it. And so Otis is able to fix that stuff for her. It's right. just like little things that are then going to come into play when they start this business together. Yeah. And and honestly, and like I, I probably have multiple favorite scenes, but that's one of my favorites. That was one of my favorites because it 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 does a lot for what we what what has been said about men and what we understand about the female anatomy because they're because uh-huh. we don't know shit like let's be honest we we don't know anything <laughs> we don't we don't know our own anatomy no we don't know anatomy we're we're we idiots anatomy. <laughs> we're, we're idiots anyway so like the fact that he was able to correct her shows like he's been learning this from his mother for so long even though we we never seen his mom teach him that, but that's what he's been picking up. So we're starting to see like his his superpower, you know. Yes. Um, yeah, we're yeah. starting we're starting his little origin story is is starting to come to life yeah. uh, in that scene there, and it also we've already seen Maeve show a little bit of genius and some smarts yeah. there, and smart people like smart people, you know what I mean? Right. Smart people right. like being around smart people. So right. I think when that scene is what endeared Otis to Maeve. And kind of right. made her, whether she wants to act like it or not, she's she might start falling in love with him in a way, at least oh, yeah. in his, in his yeah. in, uh, falling in love with his mind, at least. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a it's it's a it's the meet cute, you know what I mean? And they they have they have frequent like this whole episode they have frequent ones, them running into each other, you know, in the in the hallway when they run smack into each other. They're um, even the scene where uh, Adam is 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 dealing with his erection and Otis is doing his therapy, his therapy thing for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, even that is a moment of like of of like of a bit of a of a me cue for Maeve, where she's understanding Otis uh, yeah. in a way that she didn't before. Um, there's so many little, especially in this pilot. There's so many like will they, won't they, like little breadcrumbs that they that they drop yeah. for the two of them um that really makes us as a, as an audience being like okay it's it's not just if they'll get together it's when they get together and for anyone who's seen the show the turn that 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 happens with that is is pretty um uh, heartbreaking and satisfying at the same time oh damn okay yeah you gotta <laughs> watch ahead i'm i'm oh, i'm I'm happy. I got I we we got a show that I actually <laughs> that, that I haven't more Colin did. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I think I do need to keep going with this one, but the uh I love Otis, man. Otis so the yeah, opening scene, the opening scene with Otis where he's uh he's staging it's like he's staging a murder. He's staging a a masturbation scene for his mom uh-huh, to find. Uh-huh. Um and then the guy walks in the, the little boyfriend uh, quote unquote uh, comes in and he's like this isn't the bathroom I'm and then Otis is like sleeping with my mother <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> it just shows he's like he's a little asshole man he's funny you know yeah, he's, he's, funny. he's sarcastic yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. and then like this is why I love Otis so he goes downstairs and then he kind of grills the dude like cause he knows he's smarter than him already right. <laughs> he just yeah. knows he knows right away he starts grilling the dude and then the mom steps in and like saves him for a bit and then uh you know and then they have him and his mom have this moment where the boyfriend isn't looking and he kind of oh just kind of winks at his mom like i see what you're doing and she's like yeah whatever (laughs) you know what i mean like right when he like tries to kiss her and she moves away like okay see you later like see you never really but um that stuff was just so good and but it, it showed how confident otis is when he's when he's in 
when he's comfortable. You right. Know? Like right. he can be super confident, super smart, and like really command a scene. Like he he's running that scene. Yeah. And, yeah. Until his mom comes in and takes the the power a little bit. Right. Right. I heard. I I I I don't remember where I I heard this. I think it was on another podcast. Um, it might have been, it might have been the the big picture. Um, but they were talking about the Brits and the idea of superpowers with the Brits and like in, in America, like our superheroes tend to be very like muscle forward. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, we like, we like our supermen. We like our superwomen. We like, we like big, strong strapping, like gonna punch shit, kind of like carry a big stick kind of, you know, mm-hmm. bullshit that America has. But like with the Brits, it's about, it's about the mind. You know what I mean? It's like Sherlock. Mm-hmm. You know, that's Sherlock becomes the, the more kind of like interesting thing, even like Dr. Who, like his superpower is the fact that like he has a fucking screwdriver. It's not he doesn't even have a laser. <laughs> <laughs> he like he fixes things. It's his mind that it right. becomes, it's his mind and his empathy. Um so like with Otis, it's like his superpower is his mind. He is a Sherlock character. He is he is brilliant, but his brilliancy, which is also so great, uh, in terms of like creating character and creating a superhero is that his superpower is also his weakness. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's also his major sense of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. It's like he has all this profound understanding of human sexuality, and yet it repulse, his own sexuality repulses him. Yep. So it And so then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, we got conflict for fucking days. Yeah. You know so the, and you're hitting on the internal, and then the external, those, those same things apply, right? He he can be confident again, like his superpower is his his weakness, because, again, all he wants to do is not let anybody know how much he understands about this stuff and and what his home life is about. And when his his like social status, which is nothing, when his social status, his vulnerable social status gets threatened in any way, that's when he like explodes. That's when he yells and screams. That's when he's completely terrified and like has outbursts that are completely counter to that confidence that you see in that first scene with his mom, the confidence that he has when he's, when he's therapizing Adam. So it just, it's, it's, it's really, really great the way they, they, in the performances too, all the performances were so great, but the, the writing of that character kind of helps that, you know? So it's really something to think about, you know, when, when we're doing that. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's, it's, it's conflict is, and sorry, like I I jumped, I jumped, I just, like I got really excited because like it's it what's what's amazing about this uh pilot is the fact that like conflict is inherent within every single relationship whether that's relationship to the inter- the eternal external or that's even a relationship between two people like for example Eric it's like and and the conflict is created in character want so like Otis has that line where he's like all he he's like he's like I just want to be you know like I'm paraphrasing but I just want to like I don't want people to know me i don't want people to see me i just want to be you know small um and and that goes direct that's a direct conflict from what eric because eric's want is because Mm -hmm. eric wants to be the most popular kid in school everything eric does from the way eric dresses to the way eric behaves to the people that eric obsesses over is 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 in an effort to be the most popular kid in school except to stop you there except playing the french horn because that's a clear way to make sure that you will never be 
the most popular kid in school. And let me stop you for a moment because this was the this was one of my favorite. I'm just I'm just gonna start jumping in a little bit for this stuff yeah, here please, please. because I mean, we've been, we've been is, running around. We we have dude, thrown our structure. Out. I know, I know, but it was so <laughs> funny. I'm sorry. I just had to, when you talk about Eric. I just love when the <laughs> when he's sitting there playing the school song on the French horn. Which why? First of all, just because it's hilarious, and he's playing terribly. And then the headmaster says, "Thanks for that rendition of our school song. That was." adequate and then <laughs> and then and he goes after he gets done he's like i'm sorry <laughs> he just apologizes <laughs> he apologizes for how how shitty he is at the at the french horn which is just, just hilarious to me i'm sorry so well they also they changed it in the script from french horn to from trumpet to french horn and i think that's a great idea because the french horn <laughs> is so much more funny than yeah <laughs> As a trumpet player, as a trumpet player, the trumpet never gets cool until you're really good and you're like 18, 19. If you're really good at 18, anytime, no, let me say, maybe before, anytime before 16, you're holding that trumpet, you are not cool. There's nothing cool about that. The saxophone is always more cool. The The drums are more cool. When you hit 17 and you're decent, to 17 to about 20 something and you're decent it's kind of cool you're still a dork don't ever anybody who's thinking playing an instrument is cool it's it's almost never cool anyway that's just my trauma that's my trauma coming through there (laughs) so we uh so we we need to take a break here in a second but before we take a break let's just let's just ask a big broad question to leave ourselves off uh and and to think about as we kind of move on i'm gonna ask you this colin so, like, we're talking a lot. We we've been jumping ahead. Let's let's just go macro. What is okay. what actually is this show about? Oh, you're gonna ask me the macro question. Okay, what is this show about? This show is about it. It really follows the traditional comedy, uh, one of the traditional comedy kind of like nuggets that that's always in there, and that's it's about secrets and and hiding who you are in a way like there's there's a lot of that going on that it the double life drama is kind of it's 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 almost like a double life drama on crack in a way (laughs) you know nobody wants to let anybody know who they are usually the in the double life drama it's uh it's one person carrying it and we're just following them the whole time. But in this one, right. it's like a it's like an ensemble. I'm not really answering the question all the way in in the theme yeah. and thematically, but what I notice is each one of the characters in this ensemble has that we that we focus on that actually has some kind of narrative bend to their story at all. They have kind of like this double life that they want one that they want to keep hidden and the one that they, they wish they could they could they could live um so that's one of the the main themes that i saw in in this one again because like we're not talking about we're not analyzing plot we're analyzing character so that's what i saw in that one yeah yeah i would say i would agree with that immensely and actually i was really struck by that because it is it is very much uh in line to like how we feel when we're that age you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying that there's a there is we're 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 in between you know um childhood and adulthood there is a perception of self that we are that we wish that we were 
and there's a perception of self of what we actually are. And oftentimes those are in conflict. And for the first time, especially in, in high school, um, we are then forced to then decide which of those things are we going to kind of lead with? Are we going to lead with the perception of self that we wish we were? Or are we going to lead with the perception of self of what we actually are? And and, and then, yeah. and then to cut you off there, sorry, no, <laughs> to, to stop you there. Um, it, it, there's also the, when you're a teen, there is no who you are because you're mm. still growing so rapidly right. that you don't even, who you think you are is not, even who you are you yeah, know what i mean yeah. um so it's like you have a perception there's like who you want to be who you wish you were and then mm-hmm. who you are in this moment and then who you're kind of gr- who you're growing to be as well right like so rapidly right. that you can't even put your finger on it you see what right. i'm saying so again that's i think that's another reason why these these teenage dramas are so popular because is because like you were saying inherent conflict constantly yes. Yes. you know yes Yes. And I think also what I really love about this pilot in particular is that when, in terms of the theme is that it really is also about change mm-hmm. um, and um, and how one deals with change and how one, you know, how one uh, kind of grapples with that. And we all when we see all of the characters dealing with change in a different kind of way. Mm-hmm. You know, Eric is Eric is rushing head forward towards change uh otis is is pulling back and he has the, he has that wonderful line where he's like i wish things were i i wish things were back to where they were or something like that you know um mave has the is able to kind of like uh uh, uh navigate change because she's the kind of person that is always like is kind of a grifter so she's always got some her her hand in all the pot in all the pots she's always got you know a card under her sleeve you know what I mean? The the untouchables seem like they've been uh, that they've benefited the most from change, but then we realize that they're actually doing a lot of things to themselves to force themselves into a certain place. Like they're vegan, but they don't quite understand what vegan is. Right. I mean, uh, as just an example. Um, so there's all of these. It's just that's really lovely about about how the themes are coming through and and how masterful the writing actually is. Uh, but we should take a break because we've been yammering on here for a solid probably like 45 minutes. Um, so we are going to be back with the episode one show talking about sex education. <laughs> and we're back. And Colin just scared his dog with his uh, slating clap. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, buddy. Uh, <laughs> so let's uh let's let's get let's get a bit into our categories and a bit of our our segments as we kind of wind down. Um, starting first with like the ABCs mm-hmm. and what the ABCs of this of this show are. Uh, let's, let's, so- let's talk about. Look, sorry, yeah. let's talk about what the ABCs are first. Let's define them a little bit. I know people have been listening for a while, but um, your ABCs are just like usually your your A story, your your, your different storylines that you're finding within an episode of television usually carried by the protagonist, whether it's the protagonist of the show, or the protagonist of the episode, and then the other stories that kind of cross those stories, that connect to them, and usually um, they impact the story, the, the, the very first story, that A story. And then the C story or D story, and even sometimes more, they kind of like, um, they're little story threads that you, you think might materialize into full storylines later on 
throughout the series. So in this one, um, yeah, yeah. That's a little definition for you for for those just kind of dropping into the episode one yeah. show. And so that and this is where I and I'm because we're both uh, new to this. This is where I'm I question a little bit of this pilot because my the A story for me actually isn't about the protagonist Otis. It's about Adam, um, and it's and it's Adam kind of dealing with his impotency. Um, if I'm looking back at the show, I think that like the inciting incidents actually happened when Adam and Otis uh, first uh, are partnered together, which happens when um, Adam comes in and, to a classroom and sits next to Otis, and then all of a sudden they're given an assignment together, which then sets Otis on his on his greater path towards becoming a sex therapist. Without that moment, like Otis will probably continue to like sit there and be unable to touch his his penis. <laughs> you know, um, but and we're, and also like there's also a couple of other things like Adam. We start off with Adam. We start off with Adam unable to to uh, have an orgasm. Um, frequently, as we kind of con- the the major climax is Adam that uh, uh, coming to the realization of of his vulnerability and his strength, which then leads him to expose himself. You know what I mean? <laughs> which then has a bunch of other fallout. Um, so for that, for me, uh, is Adam and his, uh, and him dealing with his empathy is the A story. And because that is separate from Otis, it makes me question about the effectiveness of this as a pilot. I mean, I, I wouldn't separate it from Otis because it's like, I, I think that, so if I, if I'm doing the, the A's and B's, I, I only saw really two strong A's, uh, two strong stories. Um, mm-hmm. Other ones, the other stories, I don't think uh, rise to the, to the actual, um, I guess, uh, requirements of a story. Mm-hmm. But uh, for mine, the first one, and, and I like to come with the, the solution first. That that's what helps me decide whether it's a story or not, whether there was actually right. some kind of culmination. So I said, Adam finds a solution to his impotence, but loses his girlfriend in the process. And the solution to his impotence directly connects to Otis, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, because Otis learning of his powers is my second one was Otis learns of his powers as a sex therapist while dealing with his own his own issues with his own sexuality or issues with right. his own inability to masturbate or or his questions about why he can't masturbate. So, um, like. Those those two things, I think for Otis, those two things are in conflict. Like you understand sex so well, but you have your own, like we were talking about before. Right. Um, you understand sex so well, but you have issues with your own. Um, and then you use that understanding of it to help somebody else. But, you know, that through helping somebody else, it, it Adam still has he loses the thing that he think he was trying to, to save. Um, right. So that's kind of like his story. He was, he was trying to satisfy his girlfriend, probably for selfish reasons to kind of maintain that bravado that he was, that mask that he kind of wears when he's at school. Um, and then when he finally gets the solution, albeit ter- temporary, he loses the thing that kind of like helps solidify that, that right. status that he was carrying on campus. Right, right, right. That makes a lot of sense. And then also, and then with with this pilot too, is like we have, you have all these little runners, which are then going to then either branch out into full on episodes later on down the season, or they're going to be kind of a through line that that character is going to have that's going to carry them through the rest of the, of the season. 
um which has been which is really really great all right so we are actually because we are we <laughs> we have to kind of we have to kind of no 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 it's uh, fine we're, we're doing good but like let's let's talk a little bit so we have the we have the colin harden uh theory of cliffhangers yes uh yes. and so colin has three theories of eat of a cliffhanger and what makes a good cliffhanger mm-hmm. um each cliffhanger should end with either a main character activation a uh burning question or <laughs> uh main character activate burning question or big reveal or big reveal yes yes so what so for me because i, I asked you the question the abc's i'll answer this one i think it, this one only is really one and that's the main character activation mm-hmm. uh and the, my, the reason behind that is that we finally get otis's call to action uh, towards the end in which uh, Maeve then presents him with this idea of like him becoming uh, a, a sex therapist because everyone in the school needs somebody like that um, and they're going to kind of create this business. Otis has the classic refusal of the call and then at the end for uh, for a particular reason he then decides to accept uh, his, his uh, charge as being the new sex therapist for the school. And then we also have this really, really wonderful moment that after he says yes, he the actor has a, a brief smile on his face, and then you can see the smile slowly disappear and the worry <laughs> creep into his eyes, and then it cuts to black. Well, great direction, great acting, great combination of two things. So that is why I think it's a main character activation. The character yeah. has been activated. The character is now going down their, their hero's journey, um, but we also see the inevitable uh dragons and demons and auger augurs that are going to come and keep them from getting what they want yeah i i love i love main character activates the are the rarest i think of the um of the cliffhangers that that i've seen and i've seen a lot of tv as you as we all have and we especially through this process um but those that's the rarest that you find and honestly a lot of times it's the most satisfying Cause I think it's the hardest to pull off because yeah. part of because of what we were talking about before, where in order to really pull that off, you have to build so much tension. Yes. You know, you have to build so much tension and entertain us through that entire process while yes. never giving us a real call to action. Yes. You know, yes. uh, a lot of character building, a lot of um, and that and I think that's another reason why you mask the uh, main character, the o- Otis's plot with another character. You know, um, that's why you give Adam the strong A story so that you can set up a nice, um, a nice main character activate at the very end, you know? Yeah. Um, but the only other, the, the best, one of the better examples I've seen, and I think we should do this one, just, just plug in another show, Jessica Jones, (laughs) Jessica Jones Uh has a great Uh main character activate at the end. Um, but anyway, uh, it's a rare, it's a rare one, but yeah, that's, that's the one I got to. Yeah, a great yeah. a great main character activate i think you're i think you're right i think you're actually i think the this conversation has actually turned me around on this pilot because you know it's like uh it, it, it when the when the show was coming out i think the the marketing about the show was the fact that, like this is a kid who's become who's going to be a sex therapist so I think we are all coming in, with the exception of you, Colin, because you didn't know anything about the show. <laughs> right. I, th- I think we're all like walking into the show, like understanding what the what the promise is, and we're all waiting for that moment for the for the character to be in it. 
you know, it's like um, it's like Robert Downey Jr. to saying, "I am Iron Man" at the end of Iron exactly. Man. Exactly. Right. You know, that's a great. Uh, one. Yeah, yeah. Almost or a perfect. Like, almost a perfect one. Honestly. Yes. <laughs> or even like things like you know the 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 reboot of Sherlock. You know what I mean? Where we're just we're watching him trying to become Sherlock until the very end, and then he's like, "I'm Sherlock," you know. Um, or you know that the Batman, like we watch the character, like Batman Begins, we're watching the character like fuss around, fuss around until they finally become Batman. That is such a satisfying thing that kind of happens. So mm-hmm. it's like, right. and and again, like you just don't see it a lot. You don't see them. No, they're just not done, probably because they're hard to do. I mean, that well, seems like the only reason. Because it, it takes a lot of uh, trust in your writer and i think it takes a lot of trust in your story uh to like hold back on what the audience wants mm-hmm. i mean what we want is we want a bunch of like weird uh uh sex mysteries of the week mm-hmm. you know what i mean and in that pilot it doesn't really it gives us it kind of but it doesn't quite give us it exactly the way that we're thinking and mm-hmm. so to like hold back and keep the audience from getting what they want, it creates that tension for the audience to keep watching and keep watching, keep watching. But you run the risk of the audience being like, ah, this ain't quite it. This wasn't what I was expecting. And then bailing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it took it takes a lot of like it took it takes great actors. It mm-hmm. takes, you know, pretty punchy writing. Um, it takes, you know, great cinematography. It takes this nostalgia thing for us to be like, okay, we know who these characters are. So we kind of have an expectation of their direction. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes, a, it takes a very kind of cohesive piece in order to pull that off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we got, so we got the, the, the cliffhanger theory we got. So, and I've already, I think I probably already talked about my favorite scene or one of my f- yeah, my favorite scene. Yeah, I talked about that where they were uh, Maeve and I just love I, I I just love little love story start. I just love the way love stories start, you know. Yeah. Um, especially when you're kids. Uh, but they were when they're sitting there and he's correcting her in a, <laughs> her misunderstanding of the female anatomy. I just thought that was right. so smart. It's just such a smart way to uh, to to show somebody's character both of their characters to to build out their character development and their relationship their budding relationship mm-hmm. it's super super smart i just thought a lot of the stuff they did to for the character development was so smart yeah so smart yeah, yeah. But, but i love that scene that's my favorite all right so my favorite scene uh is uh so i have two favorite scenes but i think i'm going to focus on just one which is um which is when adam comes into the cafeteria after he's been therapized <laughs> therapized mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. However you say that word. Uh, so he he walks in and he stands on a table and he 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 gets everybody's attention and then he he begins to to use uh, all of the language that Otis has just given him uh, uh, to help him when while he was like sitting in a bathroom with a with a with a raging erection <laughs> and he uses all that language and it's it's actually quite of a, a very vulnerable and kind of like a a wonderful like character turn. And then he like exposes himself to the entire school, right? Which, at first, you're like, "Oh wow!" Because if we're thinking like, we're thinking teen drama, we're thinking right. teen comedy. 
he exposed himself at school. There'll be a big laugh. The ha 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 ha. Right. His character has then had a profound shift and change because the, the very next thing we see is him having sex with his girlfriend and him finally coming. It's like it's this amazing like full circle. But then what makes what's so great about the show is the bottom then comes out. Right. His girlfriend breaks up with him because he exposed because there are consequences. He exposed himself <laughs> in front of school. Right. He's then he's then taken to the headmaster's office in which he's then put on fucking detention for the rest of the school year. Who, and who's his dad? Who is his who's dad? Who's his dad? Yes, who's <laughs> his dad. And his dad says one of the most heartbreaking lines, which I think he says, like, I'm disappointed in you or I am something like that. And you're just like, you're like, oh, my God. Because, like, my expectation is like, ha, 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 ha. He exposed himself. But, right. however, this is a feel-good moment because... We've been watching this guy deal with his, deal with the fact that he can't get his dick up all for about fifty minutes, <laughs> and then he gets his dick up, and then it's just consequences, consequence, consequence, consequence. Right. Yeah. Right. No, that's that's a great one. That's a great yeah. one. I, I mean, that's and that's like one of the hallmarks of what you what what everybody any screenwriter is going to tell you about a character. Mm-hmm. It's like keep punishing your protagonist, punish him, punish him, oh, punish him. Yeah. And that's that's a great punishment, especially after a self-realizing moment. Um, so uh, now the the next segment we got through. Okay, so we got through ABCs. We've gotten through favorite scenes. All right, let's go to Steph Curry Award. Steph Curry slash uh, what was it? Did we change? Uh, uh, Steph, Serena Williams. Uh, Serena Williams. Serena. Serena yeah. A yeah. um, uh, Steph Curry slash Serena Williams Award. Who do you got? Who do you got? Uh, I give it to the I'll give it to the lead. Uh Aza Butterfield, uh who's the who's who plays Otis, uh I think does an absolutely fantastic job. Is very charismatic in that kind of like weirdo <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like like brain centered, like British kind of way of, you know what I mean? Um, the Sherlock, like, you know, like that kind of like Doctor Who kind of ish thing of like charismatic Brit, like white Brits. Um, <laughs> love what they do. Love the, I love the charm. I lo- love the, uh, 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 I love how much of a, an asshole Otis can actually be. I, I love the moments of like, uh, the public vulnerable, you know, the public private moments when they, when the camera holds on, on, on their face and it's like, you see all of the angst and all of the struggle that it's going through. Um, so that is my, and it's like, you really need, like if, if Otis is sucks, this show does not work. You yeah. Know what I mean, he's carrying um, it for sure. Yeah. He's carrying it. And he's also like, he's doing something like he's, he's this, he's a, he's coded as, as at least straight leaning. Um, he's coded as white. And and yet and yet he's also a sex therapist and so that can run the risk of like being like kind of a little creepy ish you know mm-hmm. and because Asia has so so much empathy on on their face it's like you know I'm I'm willing to kind of go on this journey with them yeah no I think that's a great one I think I love how you can do confident and com- teenage vulnerable at the very same time like in yeah. the same scene or from scene to scene. Yeah. Uh, but I, mine, I I was gonna give it to him, uh, but I think I'm gonna go with Laurie Nunn, the writer. I'm actually gonna do three. I'm gonna I'm gonna nice. go with the the writer, director, and DP. 
Mm-hmm. I just love some of the, well, I, I'll name them. Jamie Kearney and Ben Taylor on d- directing. Uh, those are probably uh, my Steph Curry, Serena Williams. And I really love some of the transitions that uh, through the collaboration between the director and the DP, some of the, mm-hmm. like, you know, Adam closing his locker and then, uh, and and Otis busting through into science class at the very same time, like uh-huh, that smash, uh-huh. those smash cuts. Um, some of those like super, the really interesting close up. There was a there was a uh, dolly zoom scene or dolly uh-huh. zoom shot where where it's it's Otis from Otis' perspective when he's watching his mom and Adam smoke a joint together, and he's uh-huh, just completely uh-huh. terrified. That vertigo shot yeah, where they're yeah, on yeah, yeah, they're I remember on. That. Yeah, on the balcony, and he's just fucking terrified. Um, <laughs> and I just love that. And then those close-ups, would, well, they just show them being high <laughs> together. Like the, those are like the very few moments where you get those close-ups uh, in, in, that, in that show. So uh, I just really liked some of the, the visual things that were happening there. Yeah, just, it, yeah. And I think, again, that kind of helps keep it interesting while you're building so much tension to that very last scene where where otis kind of gets that call so i i give it to those two laurie nunn of course but i think it's going to be the dp and the director ben taylor and jamie carney um all right so the next one we got to go to the juneteenth award yeah juneteenth award which is a which is a piece of blackness uh (laughs) any kind of piece of blackness or if we're doing a black show how does this how does this thing move push move the culture forward yes um so because we're not really doing a black show this is easy (laughs) (laughs) exactly uh we got to give it up to uh the the actor shuti gatawa yep who is fire in the show um an excellent excellent brilliant actor um uh i don't know he he's also you know the next doctor who which makes him the first oh really yeah, yeah. Oh wow, I did not so know his, that. Yeah, his star is rising. Um, I, let's. I'll just talk about what I saw from him in the in the show. Um, he's doing. I mean, he he. Eric on the page should be a stereotype. You know, mm-hmm. it's you know, gay sassy black friend is basically mm-hmm. the trope and the stereotype. And luckily, you have a wonderful actor in in Shuti, but you also have also these this great uh fact that like everything in this in this pilot if it's a trope there's always going to be something that's going to pull the rug underneath it and the fact that like it that like eric is so inept at social situations eric is funny to us and funny to otis but actually not funny in the world (laughs) of the play right right uh Eric looks stylish to us, sort of, but there's always something kind of fucked up and messed up about it. Yeah. Um, and then there's that there was that really great shot after like Adam like bullies Eric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and walks away and the camera lingers on Eric's face. Uh, lingers on Eric's face, and you can see all of the pain that is actually Eric is actually experiencing in that moment. Mm-hmm. And then you see him compose himself and put on a smile and then s- go skipping down the hallway. And like, you know, that kid, you know what I mean? Like, right, you, right. you know who that kid is. So, yeah, that's a great one. I, I, I gave, I gave it to Shudi Gatwa as well, but, uh, I think you covered everything <laughs> that I would have covered plus some, uh, on that one. 
Yeah. Sweet. I think we got uh, that's that's our awards. Yeah, we got uh, through the segments. Go. Uh, oh, I think I think I did have a uh, the. Uh, I, I, it wasn't a coldest line. I just kind of talked about the, um, <laughs> just the time where where Eric was playing the the French horn and the <laughs> the headmaster says, "Thank you for that rendition of the school song. That was adequate." I just thought that was great. So that was, that was probably my favorite line, <laughs> at least that's one a, of them. Yeah, that's a great one. If I I didn't really have a coldest line this time around, but if I were to throw one out, I would say uh, after. Uh, Aime, who's um, Adam's girlfriend, uh, they after Adam pretends to to have an orgasm, she pulls off his condom and says, "Where's the spunk, Adam?" And so, <laughs> I think that's pretty hilarious. Um, that's great. Your, All right, your so favorite we- your favorite lines are always just a little dirty, a little. You know what You know what mine is. You know, uh, my mine about Dexter wasn't dirty. It was what was it? Uh, 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 oh, oh, your nephew's bris, yeah. No, that's true. Nephew, I didn't know you were dirty. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it wasn't dirty, but it was a little... It's, it's just a little dark. There's always a little a darkness. Little dark, yeah. There's a little yeah. darkness to your <laughs> to your favorite line. Yeah, you yeah. can tell. No wrong, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> All right, so let, let, how, what, what are you watching, Colin? Anything Ooh, exciting? What am I watching? Anything exciting? I don't know if I call it exciting. You know what's crazy? I'm actually going to give a one... <laughs> This is kind of a guilty pleasure. It's not even embarrassing. I don't care because I actually like it. But it was, um, I'm watching the Squid Game reality show on Netflix. I hear that's, I, a, I hear, I hear that's a train wreck. It's fun. It's real fun. Nice. So I'm, in, I'm enjoying that. That's that's the one. That's the only thing I can say that's, that's coming to mind right now. I haven't seen any films or anything else recently. So, yeah, nice. that's the one. I, that's the one I'll go with for now. Dope, dope, dope. Uh, I just, I finished Blue Eyed Samurai. Uh, I hope that we do it actually. Uh, okay. We, when we start doing animation, because there's some really amazing storytelling uh, and writing in that. Um, and then, uh, as you all may know, I'm a wrestling fan, and the CM Punk is back in the WWE, and that's the biggest news in wrestling right now. Nice. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, those are, I guess those are our recommendations. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Thank you all for listening. You can find us. We're easy to find. We're at the episode one show. You can Google the episode one show. You can find all our socials there, or you could just hit at in your search bar. Whenever you're on your socials, your Facebook, your TikToks, Instagram, your X. If you want to find us specifically, you can find me at, at Colin, the producer on Instagram. And if you go to X, you can find me at Colin Says Things. And you can find me at Julian Elijah Martinez on Instagram or at Julian Elijah on X. And be sure to like, if you haven't already, like, subscribe, shoot us a review, tell your friends, uh, post this on places. Uh, we're really trying to build a community. So the more kind of we can spread the word about this podcast, especially if you like it, the more the bigger our community can get absolutely definitely five star reviews not you know definitely five star reviews and if you can muster it write us something you know we love to see those Um, we've gotten a couple of those come in and those are great so much appreciated to those who have written us some comments so yeah 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 
Yeah. And then coming up next, uh, so just to jump ahead, coming up next, we are doing Bass Reeves, which will be our next podcast, uh, which is actually pretty exciting because that is the most streamed uh, pilot in Paramount Plus's history. Hmm. Short history, but yes. <laughs> just just making that just making that known <laughs> all, right, all right all right see y'all next time thanks for listening to the episode one show we love you and as elijah says at the end of every episode peace peace oh wait 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 before we go game of thrones peace peace <laughs>